Wolfley. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Before we get into this, I just have to fill you in on what happened during the break. We were looking at Bo Jackson's 40 time. Yeah. <laughs> See one story here that says, rumor has it, he ran a 3-9-40. Stop. No. And the story's from like five days ago. No, there is an urban legend out there, and I call it an urban legend, that he ran a 4-1-3. Do you see verification? I see a 4-1-3. That, actually, if you just... Type in Bo Jackson forty time four one three is what pops up okay. on Google. Like that's I, I like refuse accepted. to believe that he ran a four one three. How about okay. a three point nine? <laughs> <laughs> but see how it grows, right? The, the legend of Bo Jackson. He was. Uh, do I believe that Bo Jackson could rip off a four two nine? Yeah, I do believe that. Still. I, like no, right now? No, 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 I don't think so. He probably do like but a four four. Points. He's two hundred thirty pounds. He was 230, he was over six feet tall, and he was 230 pounds, and he ran a four, one, three, so they, I don't believe it. I always assumed urban legends were legends started by Darren Urban. Am I wrong on that? Is that a different thing? Derb. Uh, all right, so over to basketball, and we, we touched on this story briefly yesterday, but okay. it's by Brian Windhorst. It's on ESPN. It's, it's not just a Suns story. There's a couple other, you know... It, it, it kind of goes around the league, but the the main story is about the Suns, and the headline is Phoenix Suns stuck in a murky trade situation as the deadline nears. And I was listening to Bickley and Murata driving in. Tim Ring was in for Vince. He made a great point of look. The story like this doesn't just get randomly written because Brian Windhorst is bored. You know what I mean? Like it was written for a reason. The trade deadline in the NBA is five weeks from tomorrow. And just reading through this story, there's a couple lines that stand out. One of them, again, Brian Windhorst, one of them says, to understand why the Suns haven't yet been able to find a deal for disgruntled forward Jay Crowder as injuries have ravaged the team and disrupted a 20-18 and 18 start, Phoenix's ownership morass is a contributing factor. So then I looked up morass during the break, <laughs> and it says a boggy or muddy situation. <laughs> so I totally got it. That's awesome. Uh, but look, I love that word. There's no doubt, morass. Am I? Is that? It's you know there are certain words that are out there, Basinonians, where you can actually feel the definition of correct morass. <laughs> yes, is but I one it of up them. Anyway, it is. It's like schism. You can feel the definition of schism, and there's a there's a divide, a schism. That, well, that's a tool song, isn't it? Is, yeah, of is, course. Is morass yes, a tool song too? No. Okay, maybe no, next up. But morass, you can feel that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not a lot of clarity. Okay, here we go. I'm. I'm getting us distracted. No, no, you're not. That, that's so. According to, to 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 Brian Windhorst, that's part of the reason why the Suns are having a hard time making trades. Uh, he goes on later on in the story. Says Sarver still has to give personal sign off and any deal for a player with a salary that is more than the current quote average player salary unquote. Multiple league sources confirmed to ESPN. This includes any luxury tax payments which the Suns are currently projected to pay. And we found it out yesterday. The the um, Average player salary is like ten point eight million, I think. Okay. So, a couple things on this, and I want to go back to that first line from the story. If you're wondering, like I am, why you haven't traded Jay Crowder, 
it kind of sounds like this is a reason why. Now, that raises another question of if you know you can't trade them, why aren't you figuring this out and playing them? You can't just let this... Like, Are they really going to get through the trade deadline? I, honestly. Not deal tra- Jay Crowder and then he just goes away next well, season? But they have to. Hey, this is the reason why. There's no way they want him to get hurt in any way, shape, or form, and that's why they're not playing him, because they're going to move him. They have to. He must have a deal. But what there must be a deal on the table. Oh, no. Somebody out there is going to No, but Jay Sarver's going to have to sign off on it, too. Yeah, but once again, they, they, you've got to get something. You're not going to let Jay Crowder sit out the whole year, right? We're going to agree on that. that people are going to lose you're their not, minds. You're not going to do that. You have to move Jay Crowder. There's got to be some type of deal on the table that, for whatever reason, doesn't blow up uh, payroll and suddenly give you a revenue problem where Robert Sarver's going to look at that and say, X that, I'm not going to do that. Then again, there is spite, isn't there? Spite is a real thing. There is spite. It does happen. Oh, man. Well, that is but, way see, out. Would he still Kick us get all a, in the cradle? Would, would he still get a championship ring though if they won this year? Because then maybe he should. Maybe instead of spite, it should he be would. like, "Here's my last hurrah." He would. Because it sounds like going through the story and, and some of the other stuff out there, Matt Ishbia is going to get the team, obviously, but not until after the trade deadline. So thanks, NBA. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I love the fact you brought up Matt because I. This is man. When we were talking about what ownership could possibly come in here and take over. Well, you weren't here for this, yeah. Yeah, remember, yeah. I was not here. I was on winter break, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> as we like to call it in the Wolfley compound. <laughs> winter break. And suddenly, there's Matt Ishbia. Oh, my. What? First of all, this guy, um, I love the fact he's got some deep pockets, as we all know, deep. And the Suns were going to go, or reportedly at least, for $4 billion, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. And I would tack on an extra $100 million for Cam Johnson. Uh, there you Salary, go, $4 yeah. billion, And I absolutely love the fact that Matt Ishbia has moistened a jock in his life. The fact that this guy was a walk-on. I was a 17th player. They kept 17 players that year. And I was the luckiest guy to be on that team. You would not have made the team if it had 16 players on it. That's right. I had to be the hardest working guy to be the worst player on that team. Do you still have a little walk-on in you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's who I am. Oh, I want to hug that dude. That was from a month before he bought the team. Like, how See, random no is that? that? He was on real. Yeah, he was on Real Sports HBO. Randomly. Oh my goodness! I assume it was random. Man, I, I did not know that song was out there, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I was on winter break. Wasn't Have it? you heard the culture of competition at UWM, the company that he pretty much owns? Uh, no. The culture of competition is everywhere you look. At workstations, during sales calls, there are trophies for the company's biggest wins in intramural sports like basketball, dodgeball, and beach volleyball. This is not that complicated. Get the best people to join your team, right? Just like in sports. Train them, coach them to be the best for themselves, like Izzo used to do with us, and then treat them so well they never want to leave. It's a familiar <laughs> formula to some of Ishbia's top people. <laughs> that is awesome. See what you Just missed? take that right again, right there, Matt. He summed it up. This is the way we're going to do it. This is where we're going. Oh my goodness, man! The brilliance, the brilliance is there. It's real. But I love the fact once again. This was a walk on on Michigan State's national championship team. Are you serious? This, this is a guy that understands the game. This is a guy that loves the game. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. 
he ingrained in me a different level of work ethic. And so every minute of my day is accounted for, um, from, from meetings to calls to every time I have a meeting, there's an agenda. You get two minutes to speak and the clock boom, starts going when you start talking. <laughs> Be efficient. Like it teaches them, hey, one, don't just talk and blabber. Tell us what's going on in a succinct, intelligent way. Do people like that? <laughs> you know, I don't know if they like it, but you know what I do know? I know they like winning. <laughs> Who's the guy who asked him? That was just the who voice. Who was that guy? That was, do people like that? <laughs> probably one of his employees. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was whoever was hosting oh Real Sports. Oh my goodness. This is, this is great. Have you guys been playing this? Is it a promo or something like that? Have you made a, a promo out of uh, Matt Ashby? We've been course, playing and, it. You know, I've, been, I've been away. Here's, here's the problem away, with it. Okay? Okay? And you know I unplug, man. I unplug yeah, when You're I, supposed I, to do I, that when you go right, away. Exactly. The, the issue with all this is, okay, okay, this is the NBA, right? Okay, hey, uh, Phoenix, we found an owner for you. I know the fans have wanted a new owner for a while. I know with everything that you know came out last summer, the team needs a new owner. Great. Here's this new owner. He's got basketball ties. He's got deep pockets. Like He's fired up. He's got a great philosophy. Right. Here you go. Right. All right. When can we have him? Uh, right after the trade deadline, so you can't make any moves this season. Okay. Cool. <laughs> How about we don't waste this entire year, and you let the Suns make trades now, too? Man. Like, yeah. that's bad if they have to burn through the season. Because you could convince me that the Suns can still win a title if everybody gets healthy without making a huge trade. Yes. But you can't convince me they can do this with just getting nothing for Jay Crowder. They have to be able to deal him. Right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, boy, I'm way over your head right now. I'm thinking way over your head. I'm still with Matt Ishbia right now. Is that over my head? And it is. Think like about three it. Weeks ago. Right now, well, you're down here with Jay Crowder. What are you? Yeah, I would have won a championship. What's going on with Jay Crowder? What are we going to do with Jay Crowder? Did you hear what this man just I, said? I heard what he said. The reality is, Jay changed yet. my life. Tom Izzo, particularly, changed my life. And how do you pay people back to change your life? You, you, you show love and you give back. Yeah, there it is. But once again, will you actually deliver his philosophy, the philosophy of what you do? You hire good people. The culture of competition is everywhere you look. At workstations, during sales calls. There are trophies for the company's biggest wins. In intramural sports like basketball, dodgeball, and beach volleyball. Wait for it. This is not that complicated. Get the best people to join your team. Right, just like in sports, train them, coach them to be the best for themselves, like Izzo used to do with us, and then treat them so well they never want to leave. <laughs> it's a familiar formula to some of Ishbia's top people. Doesn't waste time. There it is, right there. We do. But the problem is, it's get the best this people to join your team. If Robert Sarver will let you trade for them. Uh, yeah, but once again, I'm thinking up here in front office. Think about that right now. What kind of is he talking about? James Jones? Is he talking about well, Monty that's, Williams? That's what what is going yeah, on? He believes in culture. Yeah. And you know what? So does Monty Williams and James Jones. They believe in culture as well. Oh man, there's a lot here. There's a lot of good there. I'm not denying that, but I also believe in not throwing the season away. And I feel like they're stuck right now. All right, when we come back. Are the Cardinals set for a complete rebuild this off season? We'll get into that next because it sure looks like it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we were going to get into this um, yesterday and it just never really was uh, was doable. But when you look at the Arizona Cardinals and you look at the lineup they're running out there right now, and then you look to next year and you look at how different that lineup could and should look. Wolf, it's um, it's it's staggering. 
You know, we we always seem to have promos every offseason. Oh, this is the most important offseason for the Cardinals. This one, other than what, 2019 when they decided, when they recommitted to Steve Kime and brought in Cliff Kingsbury and was that 19 or 18? I guess that was, yeah, it was 2019 and drafted Kyler Murray. I mean, that was a pretty pivotal offseason, sure. right? But when you consider what's on the line here where you might be switching GMs, you might be switching coaches, you might be switching like half your roster. Right. There's a lot on the line this summer. Yeah. You know, once again, depending on the changes that are going to happen in the coming days and weeks, um, I think we'd all agree right now, especially with the uncertainty surrounding Kyler Murray and his ACL and his rehab of that ACL and when he actually is going to look like Kyler Murray and be ready to play like Kyler Murray. Those are the questions that we ask right now. But um, because of that, because of all the uncertainty that is out there, um, when I talk about a rebuild, I'm talking not about scheme. I'm talking more about players and personnel and how many they have over 30 free agents mm-hmm. over 30 that's a ton of free agents that are going to be out there right now so that alone when you tell me you've got to go out there and you got to replace those many guys offensively or defensively that is a rebuild from a personnel perspective and when you talk about a rebuild from a personnel perspective you have to start in my opinion on the line of scrimmage. You have to start there. Well, you don't have a choice because J.J. Watt's retiring and Zach Allen's not signed yet. Exactly, but not only that, too. And you have no offensive lineman. Edge has been an issue. Mm-hmm. You've that, Hey, an edge rusher, that's the line of scrimmage right there. You've got to talk about the line of scrimmage and the rebuild offensively and defensively that has got to happen on that line of scrimmage. One of the things that I think, honestly, one of the first things that really put me in a bad way in regard to the prospects of the Arizona Cardinals going forward was the situation that happened with Rodney Hudson. I mean, Rodney Hudson was an integral piece the year before to this offense in playing well. Rodney Hudson, of course. And when Rodney Hudson suddenly, at the end, going into the season, was an issue, that to me was, boy, that just set a lot of things back. And I think we'd all agree on that. But, man, it's got to happen on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. They need to rebuild, from a personnel perspective, the line of scrimmage and, therefore, rebuild their team. And that's when you have to start considering scheme. You start with personnel first. Okay, But you got to know which personnel you're trying to bring in. Exactly yeah. right. And whether or not he's going to fit in that scheme. The we've talked on this show quite a bit about how the offensive line, the, the players signed for next season. DJ Humphreys coming off an injury, but he's obviously a big part of this. Rodney Hudson, I don't think he's coming back. And even if he does come back, are you comfortable he's going to be able to play all season? Yeah, so, I, I I don't see that right now, and I'm not trying to attack him because I love Rodney Hudson, but I don't see him coming back. Well, so you have DJ Humphreys coming back, you have Josh Jones coming back for a year. 
Lasita Smith, Marquise Hayes. Yes. Those are your only offensive linemen yeah. signed for next year. So yeah. whether you want to have an overhaul up front or not, even if you don't, even if you bring some of these guys back, those are still decisions. You've got big decisions along the offensive line, and then, like you said, with the, the defensive line. Yes, Zach Allen isn't signed, and JJ Watt is retired. <laughs> so the, the guys that you are bringing back there, Richard Lawrence coming off of an injury, Cam Thomas, MyJ Sanders, who I think both showed some promise, but you don't know for sure. What, I mean, your your guys that you know that you're bringing back, and I half joked about this yesterday, are Buda Baker and like some young defensive players and Trey McBride. Mm-hmm. That's it. And Kyler Murray. But you don't even know if you're going to have him at the start of the year. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, listen, the offensive line, if I had to rebuild something first... It would be the offensive line. And I know there's people out there, edge, 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 and you're right. You're right. But I'm sorry. I have to, when you talk about the offensive line and where you would start rebuilding, you have to consider who your quarterback is and how much money you've invested in your quarterback. And because of that, that's a bigger area of need to me right now. The urgency of saying we've got to rebuild We've got to rebuild from a personnel perspective, and we're going to start with this offensive line because guess what? That offensive line is going to protect the most valuable asset that we have. $230 million invested into Kyler Murray. That's a big deal. So question for you, Wolf. When you say rebuild the offensive line, do you mean in the draft? Trades, everything, free agency, yeah, everything. I think you've got to make it a priority, and you've got to do it and say, you know what, we've got to protect our biggest asset, which is Kyla Murray, and we're going to do it every way that we possibly can. Yes, to answer your question, See, that's yes, tough because do everything. Will Anderson or an offensive lineman? Let's hear it. Will Anderson? Yeah, but you know what? Again, Will, Will Anderson, Anderson. Will Anderson. Yeah, Will Anderson. Will, it hits line of scrimmage too. The edge guy is line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively. This is where I think this team has got to rebuild from a personnel perspective. It's got to be the line of scrimmage on both sides. Let's go. And you know what? To me, I love that because I know it's my idea. That's why. Yeah, way, way to compliment but, yourself. But I'm sure they feel the same way. They know it. The Cardinals know it. I haven't asked the question, but I'm sure they know it. But this They've got to do it. Rebuild the line of scrimmage. This is one of those weird drafts where there's not really a lot of offensive linemen at the very top. Now, you're going to pick at the top of the second round, too, so you can draft a guy there. Yes. Uh, you can go out and get vets. I mean, I think for the most part, you got to bring in some vets. you got to get guys that don't get hurt, which you have no control over at all. But if they're really going to pick third or fourth, the highest offensive lineman I've seen in any of these is Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern, and he's usually in the like 8 to 10 range or a little bit lower. Um, the other thing I want to throw out here before we wrap up this uh, segment this is Cliff Kingsbury uh, from Monday on the plan is what the plan is for DeAndre Hopkins going forward. So you plan for Hopkins going forward? Uh, we'll see how it feels this week. Right. So he didn't play last week. He may not play this week. Um, has he played his last game as a Cardinal? <laughs> Man, you, you have to wonder right now. It's so hard to think of this offense without D Hop, unless of course, unless of course, and this is just me thinking out loud, live on the air. You're going to have that schematic change that I think has got to come. It's one of the things Cliff has got to do. He's got to run more power schemes, in my opinion. He's got to run more physical schemes. You want to get more physical. You want to get more physical on both sides of the ball. You've got to rebuild 
both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage. You want to get more physical? Run more physical schemes. And then plug in guys who love that kind of physicality. Not a bunch of finesse guys. Plug in guys that love the physical nature of the game and don't mind getting bloody knuckles. Come off the ball with a dark heart and a painted face. Come off the ball, bloody up the knuckles. Find those guys. They're out there. But you've got you've got to run more physical schemes, in my opinion, if you want to be a more physical team. Does that make sense? It, it does. Um, I'm wondering, like, how, how do you view DeAndre Hopkins' career as a Cardinal if they go away from him? Because he's one of the few guys that actually is signed. He liked that uh, tweet from NFL Rumors it was a couple days ago now uh, that said, with not many wide receivers on the market in the offseason, the name to watch is DeAndre Hopkins as the team reportedly could unload some contracts this offseason. He liked it, and then he unliked it. You know, Take that for what it's worth. But it's not even so much does he want out. It's he's due a lot of money. Where are they? Like, Do they see themselves in a position where they're going to pay Hollywood Brown? I don't know that you really have to pay him yeah. yet after this season. He was good, but he was hurt. I don't know. I don't know that you can really make a huge demand for a raise. You know what it's, it's all going to come down to? DeAndre Hopkins is going to generate phone calls. Ron Wolfley reporting. That's the thing. You could get some stuff back for DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. Like that's a, yeah. He's, a, he's one of the best players I've ever seen play for the Cardinals. <laughs> he is, man. I mean, he's, he's going to generate phone calls. And I think the Arizona Cardinals have got to take him. But what's also tough about him, and I, I don't blame him for this, well, maybe six of the games, he had missed two games in eight years before he became a Cardinal. He's missed 14 in the last two as a Cardinal. Like, that's... Can so, you keep that quiet, please? When, <laughs> when he's on the field, he's one of the best Have you seen ever. his hands? Just stop. Yes. Catch anything. We, yes. we package him and send him to... Sickles. I don't know, the Colts or something. All right, text us your thoughts. The Fandle text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What do the Suns need to do to stop Donovan Mitchell tonight? It seems like it's so easy. We're going to ask Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. He's going to have to give us an answer for that next. It's game day with K. Ray on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports calling in on the Arizona Sports Line, so it must be game day with K-Ray. We got Suns, Cavs from Cleveland tonight, 5 o'clock tip Arizona time. Kevin Ray, like I said, on the Arizona Sports Line. Kay, what's going on, man? How you doing? How we doing? Happy New Year's, boys. Happy, Happy New, New Year's, Year's to you. All right, uh, we just... I, I, I hear Wolf is fresh back from uh, Barbados, right? <laughs> Been back for 24 hours? No, as a matter of fact, <laughs> it was uh, winter break, as we like to say. It was Got not it. Barbados. Thank you, though. Appreciate that. Um, Kay, here, before we start, did, uh, did, did Annie end up getting her luggage? That I'm being told that you, I need to ask you this. <laughs> well, uh, I could say that uh, American Air has not delivered the luggage yet. So, oh, no. uh, Ann Myers Drysdale has gone the entire road trip without her two, not just one bag, two bags. Um, and uh, they are in separate destinations okay. to, just to add to the complete 
state of chaos. So, <laughs> oh, and, and the road goodness. trip's almost over too. So, uh, yeah, we we will we will get back in the valley early tomorrow morning. So, uh, I'm guessing at that point, uh, one of her other two bags will arrive here in Cleveland tomorrow, probably. <laughs> are you done with this road trip, Kay? I'm just, you know, are you ready to be home? Uh, Yes, that is an unequivocal yes, Wolf. It it is uh, it, it, it's it's been a trip. Um, it, you know, I've I've had uh, some Cowboys games mixed in, so that's added to the uh, to the to the tight windows of, of uh, travel windows and just the all the the things that have transpired, um, and among them some some very some very rough losses. So we're talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, and, and Kay, I, I promised I would ask you this, and you would have a definitive answer before we were going to break. Okay, <laughs> how do you stop Donovan Mitchell? Well, uh, you can see if there's a way to arrange him losing his car keys, uh, so that, or at the very least, he's late getting to the arena. That would help. Uh, you can try a, uh, you know, just a 12-hour kidnapping. He <laughs> yeah, could lose I mean, his luggage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, he he is he's on a roll. He has quickly uh, found himself a new home. He's fit right in with what J.B. Bickerstaff and this uh, organization, you know, were wanting and hoping that he could deliver. And uh, look, this is a this is a tough nosed team. And so, you know, it, it goes beyond Donovan, but he is certainly the tip of the spear. So, what do you want to see tonight, Kay? I want to see fight, Wolf. Yeah. I, I, th- I think if there's one word that, that any of us uh, as followers, supporters, fans of this team, you know, want to see, if there is one word, uh, you know, we want to see fight. We, we want to see that team that had that, um, you know, you think back to the last couple of years, they, they, were, they were sore losers. They hated losing. The idea of losing just, you know, made them burn white hot and you know it it just feels like the the injuries have just kind of slowly eaten away at that uh, that exterior and but the bottom line is you know no nobody's going to feel sorry for you you know Monty Williams said it early in the season when Chris was out he's like you know we've we've got people who have uh, who've had our pelt on the wall because of what we did to them the last two seasons so teams are are taking great joy in not only beating the Suns, but beating them up mentally and physically. We saw you know, a Knicks player post a, a message basically you know, clowning on DeAndre Ayton. And that, that's what teams are doing right now. And you know this as a professional athlete, Wolf. You have, you know, you have, you have two choices. The first one is you can stand and fight or you can you know, tuck your tail and say, what was me? Wow. Uh, I like to believe that the mental makeup of this team is, you know, is the first one. But we're going to stand and fight. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, Kay, we were talking about this earlier in the, in, in the show and, and even a little bit yesterday. Like Something seems to be missing defensively. Now, yes, they have injuries, and, and Devin Booker has, has made himself into a pretty good defender, and it's not like Cam Johnson's bad, but it also it doesn't just that one area of, of this slump or you know struggles or whatever you want to call it, that doesn't seem like it's just going to get fixed simply by guys coming back. What in your mind is, is amiss with the defense? Yeah, and it really is. I mean, you know, it's not like, granted, they, they 
scored, you know, uh, a season low 83 points Monday at New York. But really up until then, offensively, they've, they've still managed to kind of keep things afloat. Certainly not the degree of numbers that you've got with a Devin Booker. But, yeah, you look at the month of December and, you know, thank God we were able to, to put a bow and send that on its way. But uh, the, the the defensive numbers in the month of December, I mean, look, if we're if we're not missing word, just one word would describe it. It's just atrocious. Uh, just way too many defensive breakdowns, dribble penetration. And anytime you get dribble penetration, you just have a cascade of issues that will then transpire. And I know that, uh, you know, the, the Suns fans have talked a lot about the free throw disparities, and, and we've noted it on the broadcast. But one of the things we've also said the last couple of games is, you know, yes, there is a disparity. But uh, the, the, the Suns are also partially responsible for that disparity, A, in their defense and, and allowing the dribble penetration that they have, and then B, in, in not having a team that, that really will attack the basket. And those two things together add up to a problem. And you can look at the numbers. Uh, anytime you give an opponent 10, 12 more free throws, you know, per average on game, um, you you are going to have to operate at a nearly perfect rate offensively. And so those are the things that, that they've got to somehow clean up. It starts with communication, but it also starts with fight. Man, you, 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 you have to fight to stay in front of your guy offensively. You know, you have to fight for rebounding position. And that that's why if I'm choosing one word for tonight, it is fight. You know what's amazing about it as well? I love your word, by the way, fight. But um, I'm thinking about with officials, of course, and the way they go in with preconceived notions. Do you think there's a preconceived notion that is out there that the Phoenix Suns are not a physical team? You know, I, I think there's maybe a shred of truth to that wolf, but... Um, you know, and I'm always a, an optimistic guy by nature. I, I like to believe that officials, you know, aren't sitting in the back room before they take the floor and go, hey, now remember, guys, uh, this is not a physical team. So if they try to start acting physical, we're going to call them on it. Right. I, I just yeah. don't th- I just don't think that happens. I, I think that, you know, the teams play. Um, that is their personality. And yes, they're. There have been calls missed. There have been times when guys have driven um, and have not gotten calls. But, you know, again, the only way you change that is to it, it, to start playing defense um, and doing so without fouling. I know that's one of the things that Monty has talked about even earlier in the season is like, we've got to stop reaching. You know, we, we've yeah. got to stay in front of a guy and we've got to play defense without reaching. See, the problem, you know, I look at it and I liken it to an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman in the National Football League where suddenly you, you get a reputation for being somebody that holds. And suddenly that referee and that umpire, when they sit there and they watch game tape on you, yeah, you know what? The guy is holding it. And before you know it, they go into that game with, yeah, they're not, they're not going to say, boy, I'm going to look at that guy and I'm going to throw flags on him all night long. They don't do that. But when you've got that preconceived notion that this guy is a holder, when you actually see it suddenly in a game, bam, I just think there is, yeah, it's, it's a situation where I think by reputation, it can hurt you. Yeah, and to your point, Wolf, look, 
human nature is real. Right. You know, so let's, exactly. let's not kid ourselves. So I, I will say that to, to, you know, to your point that, yes, human nature is real. Okay, Ray, great stuff as always, man. Hopefully you're calling a win tonight. Thank you. Ooh-wee. Yes, sir, boys. That would sound good to me. <laughs> Appreciate you, Kay. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. You too. That's Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us right there for game day with Kay Ray on the Arizona Sports Line. we come back, we'll stick with the Suns. They've lost six of their last seven. They're approaching the halfway point of the season. Trade deadline's like five weeks away. Are there any positives going forward with this team right now? We'll get into those next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just heard the last promo there with Vince for Revitalize. Yeah. And it's like, let him know Vince sent you. What if, what if just everywhere I went, I just said, hey, Vince sent me? Like, what sort of reaction do you think I'd get? Like, you think um, people would be like, um, why do no. I care? I think I might try it. Just for like 24 hours, every store I, think I go to. Revitalize, they give you a Revitalize, yeah. But yeah. like, what if I just go to get it like an oil change? Yeah. I'm like, hey, Vince sent me. And they'd be like, cool. Here's Vinny. <laughs> exactly. That's what they would say right there. Go pick up dinner. Yeah. Vince sent me. But if you said Murata, now all of a sudden well, you that's go, different. of course, yeah. now then I know. You're going to get a reaction. <laughs> yeah. day. I love that guy. <laughs> Obviously, yes. Everything would be free. Uh, all right. So we're going to stick with the Suns here. They have dropped six of seven. Something you brought up with K-Ray, though, and I, I did a little research during the break and then... Lost that research. Oh, well, just trust me. I did some nice. research, and then now it's gone. Um, I was just looking at the numbers for free throws attempted and opponents' free throws attempted because it has been so seemingly such a big gap this season. And, and I'll give you the same disclaimer I always give. The NBA is not out to get the Suns. I know it feels like it that sometimes. Some of this is a Suns issue, too. But it's also ridiculous to me that there's ever a game where one team attempts 25 free throws and the other team attempts seven. And we've seen that happen like six times this year where it's in that range okay, of like so, uh, 31 to you're 8. Right, you're right. It has happened. So why... Does it happen? Well, so I was wondering, is it is it as bad as it seems, or are we just like picking four or five games and we're just so here's the numbers. They are 29th in the NBA in free throws attempted. Yeah. And in terms of opponent free throws attempted, they are 29th in the sense that only one team has allowed more free throws. <laughs> so they are attempting the second least and allowing the second most free throws. There it is right there. That answers your question. It's not That's like you're, awful. I know it's absolutely horrible, but it answers your question. You know, yeah, it's not like these guys talking to Kevin Ray right there. It's not like these officials suddenly, oh, they've got it out. They've got it out for the Suns. They're going to sit there and call. No. Why is that? Ask yourself what. There's got to be a reason why the disparity is that large with a very good basketball team in the Phoenix Suns. Why? Well, and you're right. And if because I'm because the, they're not physical. If I'm the Suns, I ask rhetorically. I, I'm, I'm coming. To, yeah, I have to get there. If I'm the Suns, I have to figure out what can we do differently, and that's it. However, as an NBA official, you could also be a little bit better too. There's very oh, there's, few games that you watch no where you're like, oh, yeah, one team is fouling 97% of the time. Who, like, who thinks that? Yeah, but again, I see. I think they get it in their head. I think they do that the Phoenix Suns are, are not physical. I think they walk in, and it's human nature to say this is a team that is number 29 in free throw attempts. They don't attack the rim. They don't do it. They're passing out from underneath. They get the ball underneath, and you'll see D.A. do it from time to time. They're passing it out to the line. Somebody take a three, please. I mean, they they do that often. Yeah. 
So you get a reputation, man, uh, with these officials. You get a reputation that you're not a physical, aggressive team. And I think that is one of the reasons why. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy for the most part. They go into a game expecting the Phoenix Suns not to be an aggressive, physical team. And suddenly when they're not, they don't get calls. And oh, boom. Boy, look at these guys. Their defense is bad. They don't move their feet and haven't moved their feet. Kevin Ray talking about allowing all that penetration. We know that's what they do. And when you allow that penetration, you're in trouble. Yeah, but you're really stuck now because if you do start to be more physical, there are going to be games where the officials, if that's really how they're viewing this, and it sure looks like it is. It looks like they go into these games with like, uh, well, the tie goes to the other team. Because if there's physicality, well, the Suns, they don't do that, so they must have done it wrong. If the, if the Suns try to get physical, it's a foul. If the other team gets physical, well, hey, that's how they play defense. So It starts with each player, though. Individually, each they, player. They've got you've three got months to, to fix you've this. Got to move, you've got to put the effort in. You've got to communicate on the defensive end of the floor. You've got to know what the game plan is you got to be able to communicate and by all means move your feet don't get lazy they they have to figure out a way to close that gap because the only thing more frustrating the only more frustrating way to end your season in the playoffs than losing Galuka the way they lost last year right. is to feel like you lost because of officiating to truly feel like that to come out of a series that is a best of seven and it goes seven games and the other team shot 45 more free throws than you over the course of those seven games or 50 more that's they have to figure out a way to close that gap and and you can't really do it mid-series yeah. you've got to work on it like tonight against Cleveland or Friday against Miami you got to do it now and of course, what is this? The 39th game? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. 39th game coming up tonight. So they're almost at the halfway point of the season mm-hmm. right now. And you know what? It's kind of like New Year's. It's kind of like 2023. And here we are. The first week of January, everybody. And what does that make you do? You know what? It makes you look ahead, but it also allows you to reflect and look back. And that's where I'm at with the Phoenix Suns right now. Where's the biggest disappointment looking back? What is the biggest disappointment to you looking at what you've seen through 38 games? There's there's a lot. Can I give you more than one? Can I at least give you my thought process as I settle on one, or am I going to take your answer in there? No, go ahead. Why don't you give me your answer, because I got like eight. Okay, good. Uh, Defense. Yeah, okay. That was one of my eight. Defense. (laughs) I'm just saying right now, I'm just bitterly disappointed in that. Bitterly. It was part of who they were last year. They were so good on the defensive end of the floor. They were in the top five all year long in regard to defense with their unbelievable approach and being on a string, all five players that were out there on the floor. And to watch this and the apparent meltdown of that string and that defense that they were playing, I I don't understand it. It was part of who they were. They could win a game with their defense last year. Now, have they won a game with their defense this year? Yeah, they've done that before. There's no doubt. But it's it's rare that it happens now when it used to happen on a regular occasion. Defense is certainly one of mine. Uh, The free throw discrepancy that we just talked about, because both of those things 
aren't just going to fix themselves. So if they don't get fixed, they're going to come back to bite them in the second half of the season or the playoffs. Uh, the Jay Crowder thing, not not trading him or playing him, and now we're gonna we've wasted a half of the season. Um, it's not the important half of the season. Granted, like if they trade him and get something that helps them in the second half in the playoffs, then then that one goes away. But right now, and especially with that story from Brian Windhorst, where it's like, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to maybe get a trade through without Sarver signing off, and then you couldn't figure out a way to play this guy or whatever it is, whatever. Just that whole situation has been disappointing. And the other one, Wolf, honestly, is the injuries, not so much in the sense that it's it's helped them drop to 20 and 18, but specifically the injury to Cam Johnson. Because remember, he was supposed to be the X factor and the pivotal piece coming into this season in the biggest area where they could improve other than D.A. was Cam Johnson stepping into the starting role and he has played, what, seven games? Eight games this year? Like He, he needs these games more than anybody on this team. Yes, And he hasn't been able to get them. And tonight is the, the two-month Mark from his last game. He's played yes. eight games this season. He needs reps See, as a starter. Is, here's the the other thing, though, as we reflect back, and that's what I was doing when I looked at the defense, and that was the biggest disappointment. Now, what is the biggest plus going forward for the Phoenix Suns? What do you see as the biggest plus going forward? Based on what has happened, of course. But for me, Luke, let me answer my own question. They've had a ton of injuries. We all know that. Really haven't had a large sample size of their starting five together on the floor. That, to me, is the biggest plus they have going forward. Cam Johnson, get get Cam Johnson, to your point, get him healthy. Devin Booker, get him healthy. Chris Paul, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, the starting five. We haven't seen an awful lot of that. Now, early on, this team was at some point, I think it was 16-7. and seven. It, keeps, it keeps sticking out of my head after 23 games. And the reason why I thought that was a a good barometer to look at was because of James Jones and the fact that he said 20 to 25 games is where he really looks at a team and starts evaluating that mm-hmm. team. They were 16 and 7. They were on top of the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns. Um, from that point, they really haven't had their starting five on the floor a lot. No, and, and I guess if you're if you're asking for positives Even going forward. Even before that as well. Um, and that is what you asked. I would say, <laughs> and they both have caveats with them, right? Devin Booker's out and we don't know for how long, but... He looked like he was continuing to take a step forward even more this season. His defense is better. He put up 58 in a game where they needed all 58 against New Orleans of all teams. If he's healthy, he's one of the 10 best players in the world. And it's really indisputable at this point. And on any given night, he's a top five player in the league. And there's some really good players around the league if you look right now. Uh, The other thing I would say, and again, there's a caveat. They have trade chips. A lot of the other contenders don't have that. A lot of the other contenders don't have the ability to trade first-round picks. The Suns do. So if James Jones' hands are tied, then I guess that goes out the window. But with five weeks to go, he has first-round picks he can trade that a lot of the other top teams can't. So that, I guess, is a positive going forward. Okay, how about this quickly? What do you not want to see going forward anymore? Uh, them fall behind by 30 and just be done in the first okay. half. That's great. That was a thing that shouldn't, that never happened until the playoffs last year. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.